Hello, and thank you for attending the College of Lore. I'm your co-host, Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Josh. And today we're going to be talking about basically some general things just to kick us off in this new podcast that we're starting. Right. We're going to kind of be reviewing the syllabus, if you will. Uh, so, Josh, what is this podcast about? Well, before we get into D&D and all its intricacies, I think it'd be best for people to really know who we are and what we're talking about. So we're going to be talking about some basic aspects about how we got into D&D and really why it's so dear and near to us. Okay. So I guess if I were to describe myself, I'm 24. I grew up in South Florida and I became an engineer shortly afterwards. I play guitar occasionally. I write. I love reading. Uh, I spend most of my time actually trying to get to play D&D. I know it's supposed to be unrelated stuff, but that's pretty much me, I guess. I'm not much different. I'm 25, live in Florida. I am an aspiring artist and animator. I do a lot of art in my free time, which eventually leads to writing and world building, because I like to do both two in hand. So it's sort of unrelated, but also related. So it kind of comes full circle in that. So I also love traveling. I've been to Japan and most of North America, as well as a little bit of South America. I haven't been to Europe, but we're working on that. But yeah, let's uh, let's really get right into the meat of things, because we're all here to talk about D&D. So let's talk about D&D. How'd you get into D&D, Tony? Right, I'm 24. I started playing D&D, I think, when I was 20 or so, so maybe about four years ago. And my first session was actually with you. You and one of my mutual friends from middle school got together and were playing a game with some of your friends from college. And I kind of heard about D&D, sort of, like in the past. I I vaguely remembered it from from my godparent's son. He had these books and, and these these cards. And when I was really, really little, he showed them to me. He's like, this is... Dungeons and Dragons, it's really cool. Talked to my mom about it, and I'm like, yeah, this seems like really interesting. It's fantasy-based type game, like a board game almost. I don't really know what it is, but I want to play it. And my mom was like, no, that's that's not a good game that you should be playing. That's weird. People play that. People that, like, she had some sort of stereotype. I can't really remember what it was, but she's like, no, you probably don't want to be playing that game. But I had heard of it, and I was reading books that were similar to it at the time. I read a lot of R.A. Salvatore, a lot of Dritz books, and I didn't know it at the time, but those books were D&D related. But you, Joshua, you were running the game, and you said when we have an opening, we'll, we'll let you in. Yeah, it's actually really funny that you bring that up, because like you, I was also referred to D&D through a friend as well. So a lot of the community tends to be very word of mouth. My first session or first experience with D&D per se was actually from a friend in that I've known since middle school as well. And he actually brought me into it in freshman year of high school. Uh, we started playing and I was awful, but it was it was a lot of fun and it was very new and it was very immersive. And I, I really liked the story-driven and emotional aspect that really brought me into the game. So like D&D really was, it, it was multiple layers in the fact that it really brought me into the game more so than any other like board game or video game could. And I really enjoyed that uh, emotional tie Um which is why I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, I mean, we both played video games. We both know that we've read books and stuff. And very similar to, like, when you're reading a book, and I don't know if you've ever just been sucked into it, and you just, like, you look at the clock and, like, oh, geez, three hours have gone by, and you're just flipping the pages one after the other. Uh, D&D has that, that similar aspect to it, but it's, like, in a group, and you're working 
with friends or with uh, people and trying to like work together and so there's there's that aspect of really working together and then there's also the what you said the emotional aspect of it so what was what was your first emotional draw into D&D could you describe that do you remember it so the first time I played I actually don't remember a ton about it but I do remember some very key aspects the thing about D&D that I find very important and different than a lot of games that you will play with other people or in settings is that it's all make-believe but people will describe the events in the story of the game as if they happened they'll say oh I encountered this or we fought that and I remember that my first character was a sorcerer uh, a terribly written up sorcerer might add he wasn't very good because I wasn't very good at the game and my that was actually also my first character death and my character died because he fell down a hundred foot pit. Oh no! S- failed like six different saves to grab onto the wall and just <laughs> splatted out on the ground. Uh, and I distinctly remember it happening in the room full of friends, and we're all just like silent. And I was like screaming, and there was crying, and <laughs> it was just all around traumatic. But I love it. Like I would, I wouldn't have had it any other way. Uh, hopefully, yours was just as traumatic. As mine, <laughs> yeah. My my first emotional aspect that kind of like realize that made me realize like, holy cow, did I just? This is just a game. It's just pretend or whatever with some friends, and all of a sudden I'm like super into it. Like that emotional aspect of it. When I felt that, even though it wasn't fun or happy at the time, the like the realization like, oh my gosh, I've spent four hours playing this character that I didn't even like conceive of before someone saying so what happened was you told me hey we have an opening in the game we'd like you to play this is about four years ago you have to think of a character and you got on skype i think at the time with me and you're like all right here's how the game works you know here here's the rules you can find it on here build your character like this here's some tools here's some and you kind of like worked me through the character creation process which i had i had written a little bit at the time but like you know, creating the character from scratch was was pretty interesting and new for me. But I, I didn't really have that any, like, super huge connection to that character at the time that I was creating him. But the second that we started recording, the second that we started playing, I, I'm there and I'm in a room and I'm talking to these people. And if I remember correctly, the group had been set up and the story had been running for a certain amount of time. And then suddenly there was an opening. And then I, I jumped into the opening. So within this this pre-team dynamic I jump into the game and I get introduced in a storyline and I'm looking around and I see that there's a lot of conflict in that group right yeah there is a lot of uh, drama going on uh, for all you who are just tuning in this is actually this is a story that I wrote and at the time that Anthony joined the game they were all very conflicted about what future decisions they should make in the group morally standing wise one of the group's uh, characters was a thief type character and one of them was a paladin so there was a lot of conflicting emotions in the actions that took to survive you wrote in a lot of easy solutions but that were morally ambiguous to some of the problems that they were facing right Mm -hmm. it was designed to be very (laughs) uh trying yes and, and it was and it was a very challenging type situation that they had gone in very interesting from my first time playing so i jump into the game and i already immediately 
immediately notice this conflict going on. And I picked like an older character, very like wise, very like Uncle Iroh type of calm mediator type person who had a dual background and past of like, I think he was half dark elf, half light elf. He used that that variation and uh, saw that there was this huge conflict, brought both of them together. I think we were in a church too. So it was like this almost like religious aspect of it. And he's going and, and this is my first time playing and I'm jumping right into this character and I'm like talking to each of these people, trying to appeal to their core beliefs, trying to think like what makes them tick and stuff and then i i deliver this this speech about like you know there doesn't have to be just two sides to a coin one good and one bad a positive side and a negative side there's the rim of the coin there's a silver lining of a cloud it doesn't have to be all right or wrong like there's morally gray ambiguous things and and as long as you guys are working together for each other it shouldn't matter yeah basically i just wanted to get the story going forward <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was weird actually because as the the game master for that session i didn't really talk it was just you guys kind of discussing and role-playing your characters and i just kind of sat back and watched Isn't that great i didn't actually have to do that much work that day i had all this planned <laughs> session out but everyone wanted to talk about their feelings which was totally okay especially seeing you guys that involved and that attached to your characters it really was like it was like watching a movie in my in my brain oh yeah I mean, every every form of entertainment, like movies and books and video games, D&D kind of incorporates all of that to me. And even though that session it didn't end, the conflict kind of escalated and to a point where that rogue, that thief character kind of broke away from the group, went to this area where everyone knew that the evil had accumulated and these terrible, unthinkable horrors crawled out of the well at night. He went down into the well to try, to try to fight the evil, to prove that it was there, and prove that he had good intentions all along. So he ties himself up to a rope uh, from a tree, he goes him about 50 feet, and dives into the well. He immediately lands like on top of the this horror. I, I still, to this day, I have no idea what you were planning there, Josh, or what, what those things look like, but they were gray blobs from what I remember. They were actually, he didn't actually land on top of them. Oh, no? He actually landed inside them because they were like a mystic. Oh, no. It's like a cloud. It was like a, it was like a wraith or something out of, um, like a Dementor from he Harry Potter. He was inside of it? Yeah, he actually <laughs> was inside of it. And then it just started like dragging him down. And they were actually, you guys were actually not supposed to fight these things yet. There was supposed to be a workaround. But his like incredibly rash decision making <laughs> because. That was one way to talk about it. Before you had actually joined the session, he they had actually been running away from these things for weeks. They were in a town where, you you guys were in a town, where the, the civilization was entirely, like, traumatized and haunted by these things. Right. But their only safe haven was that these things only came out at night, uh, and they were they were blind. They only responded to sound. So if you're real quiet. So as long as you were quiet, yeah. you were fine. But he just, like, wadded on down to the darkness, and, I mean, he died. <laughs> but it was... The reasoning behind it was, it's kind of hard to, to feel it through, you know, us talking about it, but his reasoning was, it was super emotional, like, he really wanted to prove to the group that he was worth something, he had not a just some common in his thief. pocket. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, it was super emotional. We pulled That's... him out of the well. His body was entirely stone. And we're going through his stuff, trying to see, like, just, like, in a state of shock. I think a couple people were 
not yet, but just in complete shock, almost on the verge of tears, we go into his belongings and we're just looking like, is there anything he has, a potion, something that could cure him? And we go through his stuff and we find a note and it says, let this answer your question to which side of the coin I fall on. Oh man, at that point, the yeah. waterworks hit at that point. Everyone kind of <laughs> left the game at different points, jumped back into the game at different points. We actually, when I say we, they were when he says they were crying, they were actually crying in real yeah. life. This wasn't real in character. In character People and out of character. So traumatized. Um, and you know what? Like that, it sucks. Like that was a a dark time in the campaign. But the overall feeling of the campaign was supposed to be dark anyway. And the amount of emotion attached to it, people still talk about that story, and that was like years ago. Yeah, and it's like, well, I mean, that's got to be one of the reasons why you love D and D so much because it is. It's so real, but not at all. <laughs> it it is, <laughs> and that that first time that like, I mean, you're talking about how how we we refer to it and how we remember certain things. That memory, yeah. that nostalgia of it. That I mean, nothing really compares to to D. I was reading this story this like news journal this medical journal where it says that they they looked at memory and they're trying to learn about memory and they said that when people talk about events that happened in their past they refer to it with the same vigor and the same intensity as someone who played a game of a tabletop anything done dragons pathfinder and you know, when they recall something within a book or within a movie or something that some character did, they refer to it differently. But when they're referring to actually themselves, when they're referring to themselves, when they're referring to their D&D character, it's it's the same. I mean, the, yeah, it's amazing. Because it's, I mean, you're role-playing your character, but really your character, I mean, I say that every character that you have is a part of you in some aspect absolutely you can't roleplay something that is completely detached from you it's just like really hard there's always some nugget yeah i mean at least i can't anyway yeah, yeah. but you know that's that's one of the reasons why i love D so much it's the the story the action the adventure you learn a lot from your friend group in the way that they uh, play D. that's true you know it's like creating memories with them without actually having to go out and slay that real life dragon now but together you really did yeah not I wouldn't say you, everything you learn is true, but maybe you learn about how how they solve certain problems. I don't think everyone who plays a a greedy thief is actually oh, a yeah, thief in sure. real life. Yeah. <laughs> Although, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you never know. I mean, I'm playing a rogue right now, but I mean, trust me, I'm a good person. <laughs> I would never steal anything. The reason why I would never steal anything is every time I do, I get caught. Like as a as a child, every time I stole something, well, maybe you're just maybe you're just, just a bad, a bad thief. thief. That's true. Yeah, but that story, the getting getting able to play that character in that story and like learn what everyone has in store. It's not just a book that you read that you're passively a part of. You're actively a part of the story. You can change things, and really good storytellers will incorporate their players' backstory into their own. And let them flourish and, and like kind of give them the spotlight. Yeah, I think that's the sign of any good GM, really. It's not a player versus GM dynamic. It's a player and GM working together to create this story that everyone can enjoy. And in some retrospect, 
create memories. Uh-huh. Um, because when you look back on it, it's really the adventures and the feelings that you get from them that make D&D worthwhile. You know, when you go back and you're like, oh, man, do you remember that time we did this thing in this dungeon? And everyone's like, oh, yeah. And then it's you can it's like telling a real story. It's like that old um, that old phrase. Uh, How do you win at Dungeons and Dragons? Well, you sit around the table and have fun. <laughs> and <laughs> if you did that, then you I, won. And you can go back and you can win once a week, once a month, however often you guys play together and you can keep winning. That is the most wholesome thing I've ever heard, uh, by the way. <laughs> I guess it is, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Welcome to the College of Wholesome. Yeah, the College of Wholesome. Uh, we talk about... <laughs> we're wholesome memes and just good vibes. Uh, good vibes. That's that's what I want this podcast to be, just learning yeah. about about tabletop. Learn about those good vibes. Learn about good vibes. That's a good way to make, to make your way into that story. You have to have good character development. You know? Yeah. That was actually your first time playing, yes. right? What have you been up to since then? You're still in the D&D community? Like, of course. Oh, man, doing? I'm addicted to it. I'm... I'll go online, and if I see, like, hey, we got these pre-written stories, these pre-written adventures and maps and stuff, it's only, like, five $5 or whatever per each one, I'll go and buy, like, six or seven of them. I have so many books for D&D-related stuff. I play... At one point, I was running a game. I've run Pathfinder, I've run 5th Edition, I've run Call of Cthulhu, and Delta Green. I've listened... I'm always listening to a D&D podcaster at some tabletop. I've listened to, like, Shadowrun, Call of Cthulhu, Delta Green, Pathfinder, 5th Edition, 2nd Edition, Fate, uh, Gumshoe, probably a few others. But yeah, I play. At one point, I was, I was running a game, and I was playing in, in two other games. Uh, but right now, I I play in two games. How about you? Um, well, one of those games is actually with yes. me, so I'm playing a game currently. Yeah. Well, that my first time was back in high school, and I've been playing since then nonstop. <laughs> I actually had to go through a hiatus because my DM at the time couldn't DM, uh, and I wasn't experienced enough yet to run my own games. So I actually bought a beginner's edition for my family wow. and i played with my mom and my dad and my brother which was insane because i've never <laughs> played anything yet before like that at all um and i had to i had my first experience with that running the game for them in which it went awful because my mom kept checking the same room over and over again because she thought i was hiding something from her when i wasn't <laughs> and i just like mom it's empty there's nothing there you can move to the next every room. time you roll and you look down at you know you're not supposed to meta but you look down at that dice, and it's a two. And you look up at the, <laughs> at the dungeon master, and you're like, but, I actually, but there's something in there, I right? Actually, <laughs> I actually didn't even know what metagame was at the time. Um, but anyway, it's been, I think, about seven years since wow. then. And I've been playing. I've run a lot of games. Um, I DM a lot. I usually I run a couple modules, like Carry and Crown for Pathfinder. Pathfinder is actually my system of choice, so I will generally be running that, which is why often you'll hear me refer to it as a game master instead of a dungeon master. And mine's mine's fifth edition, so I I will say yeah. um, But right now I am playing fifth edition um, because I'm taking a little break from Papa Pathfinder (laughs) to play some uh, some baby five e. Oh come on! Uh, But it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I've run a lot of games. The game that I ran for Anthony was actually a homebrew of mine, very post-apocalyptic. That game actually hasn't been finished, so maybe we'll finish it one day. Just gotta find the right group of people die. that can stick with it, not jump down wells. Yeah, and... 
And, and actually, currently, right now, while I'm not DMing and I have a lot of time on my hands, I'm uh, I've been drawing up the art for a mega dungeon that I've been writing. Really? So yeah, uh, I've been I've, I've got the entrance down, the theme, the lore. I just have to design it because I don't want it to seem like a like a dungeon crawl room by room. I don't want it to be boring. You know. This is the first I'm hearing about this. Yeah, I haven't really talked about it with any. Ooh, I'm excited. One other person besides you. So surprise, surprise. Oh wow! Um, but if we ever continue, like if it gets near finish or something, I'll probably talk about it on the podcast more. Just give you guys some updates. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, how do you? Uh, you said this is your first time playing fifth edition. We've played two sessions so far. Just briefly, I guess. What are your What are your thoughts about it? It's a lot of fun. I like the fact that the flow is so quick. It is. I will say that. Cons, first and foremost, are it's not nearly as malleable as Pathfinder. The options you have as a character are a lot less. Because Pathfinder is the is the addition where you can literally build whoever you want. That's the selling point, Which is really. cool. Um, but the bad part is it's very complicated, and the gateway for new players is difficult because the learning curve is so high. But for 5e, it's really simple to pick up. Um, I picked up the game's rules, and I understood it in maybe two or three minutes. Really quick. <laughs> Um, I thought you were going to say like days or weeks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was literally like, oh, I know what I'm doing. And I just rolled. Yeah. So the most difficult part of it actually was using an online program to make my character because I we've been using D&D Beyond. D&D Beyond. Not sponsored. Yet. We're not sponsored yet. Not yet. We're working on it, guys. Hey, everyone, hit us. Hit them up. Yeah. If you have a know. friend who works at Wizards, please. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm playing a warlock, a lizard folk warlock, who is a little insane. So that's great. Well, don't don't um, tell me it's anymore. A, it's because, a fun. I'm, uh, I'm enjoying the campaign very much. So it's written by another friend of ours. We will have Juan on the podcast hopefully pretty soon. We hope yeah, to have like um, just going forward with our with our podcast. We hope to kind of teach you guys some some of the lore behind games inside and out. So we'll maybe go into like Forgotten Realms or Galeria. And we also kind of want to go into maybe like the history of certain games, like the hist- like Dungeons and Dragons has, has a huge 40-year history and Pathfinder as well and some other tabletop role-playing games. Yeah, moving forward, we're probably going to be talking about a lot of those aspects. So history of tabletops in general. A lot of it will be focused on D&D. But we'll be making sure to hit the other known brothers, like uh, Pathfinder, Call of Cthulhu, um, and all that other good jazzy stuff. As well as, you know, for those optimal players out there, probably at some point we're going to be talking about bestiary lore, as well as character classes and mechanics of the game. So we're going to try and hit a lot of topics at some point um, to hit, you know, everything, not just D&D. Right. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Dudes. Keep your attendance up at the College of Lore. Yes. Five attendances warrants you a gold star yeah. that you can cash in for more podcast episodes. Right, and there will be a test at the end, so take notes. But that's going to do it for us today, guys. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> you go ahead and share it if you like it. Word of mouth is our only way to get this out. We don't have any other advertisements or, or ways to share it, so go ahead and share this podcast if you like it. And you can email us. Remember to like and subscribe. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you can email us uh, at professors at the col at gmail.com for any topics that you want us to research and hear about. Yeah, and if you have any suggestions or recommendations for what you would like to hear next, go ahead and leave us a comment or an email. Or if you just want to say, hey, you know, we love talking to the community in general, 
D&D is generally a very welcoming place. We hope and, to make uh, it more so. It. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you very much. I think that's the bell. <laughs> Have a great day. Yep. Class dismissed. Class dismissed.